And hello, everyone, and welcome to the True Blue Set and Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. I am Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones, and we're transmitting live from various locations here in 102.3 FM, Hollandale, Florida, truthfm.tv, as well as twave.org and tweetcasting.tv. And, of course, our lines will be open. Our local number is 305-992-9537 or 321-END-TIME, 321-363-8463. And, of course, today we're going to be talking about God's mighty angels as we look at Revelation chapter 10 and answer the question, who is the mighty angel of Revelation chapter 10? But before we continue, we're going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. And Lord, just give us insight to what we're reading in Revelation 10. Help us to know you better, Lord. And for all those listening, Lord, we ask for a blessing upon them. And all the technology that it works smoothly today. We thank you, Lord, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nathan. Again, you're tuned into the Truth Will Set Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Big Batista Nathan Jones, as we're talking about God's mighty angels. And today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura and the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. You can find more information at calvaryaventura.com on Facebook on JN832. Also, ask you keep us in prayer during the week for the various programs here in the stations and the different areas that we are transmitting from. If you are want to follow us on Facebook, you can always find us on facebook.com forward slash twave.tv and tell your friends and your family regarding the programs here as well. And of course, before we continue the first segment of our program, I want to welcome once again my compadre Nathan Jones. Nathan, how are you? Doing very well, amigo. How are you? <laughs> Notice I called you compadre, not special guest. We're regulars now. Oh, all right. I've been <laughs> upgraded. Thank you. <laughs> so how, how are things in Texas, Nathan? I know there's different weather patterns everywhere else here in Florida. The weather's been uh, crazy. We're getting so many, so much rain now, hail and storms, and I hope it's not the same in your area. Well, praise the Lord. We're actually thanking Him for all the rain and hail and storms. Uh, we've had four-year drought. Lakes were down to 17% uh, just the one lake near us. And now, with all the rains we've been getting, all the lakes are at 100%, and we're getting more rain this week, and we're just praising the Lord for it. It's the end of the drought. Wow, Nathan. Well, I'm so excited about that because it is those seasons that we really enjoy. That. Of course, we enjoy the beach and the weather and, and the warm temperatures, but we also enjoy when we can have some water uh, to water our grass and do the things that we have to do. So I'm so glad for that. And Nathan, of and, and of course, Nathan, uh, you know, just not the weather, but God is doing a lot of other exciting things uh, with Lamb and Lion Ministry. Can you talk to us briefly, just to get your contact information and some of the wonderful things that God is doing there in case someone is new to the ministry and doesn't know much regarding what you guys do? Well, Lamb and Lion Ministries is a Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Our, our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. So you can check us out on our website at lamblion.com. And they're on landline.com. You can watch our television show, Christ and Prophecy, which is on many networks. And uh, just this week started up on TBN, which should give us millions of more possible viewers. Uh, we're also got articles, so traditional network groups you can join, the e-newsletter you can sign up for, lots of articles, a blog, all sorts of great stuff. Our goal is to teach you about the 31% of the Bible that's God's prophetic word. Jesus Christ is coming soon. We're excited about that. That's right. Wow, that is super exciting. So Nathan TBN, I'm so excited regarding that great news. I think it's going to be awesome what God is going to do with that. Well, we're just looking to get the gospel out as fast as possible to as many people as possible before the Lord returns. And 
And we believe that uh, a TVN will be a great outreach for that. We don't agree with all the programming on that network, obviously. Right. There's a lot of good programming, too, and we want to be part of that. Lots and lots of people. It's the most watched network out there and for Christian uh, television. So we want to make sure we get the word out as soon as possible. And that's the goal of every Christian, right? To, to get the gospel out to as many people as possible as quickly as possible before the word comes back. Nathan, you said it. Uh, oh, man, I couldn't have better said, said it better myself. Sorry, I was tongue-twisted there for a minute. So excited. <laughs> but you're right, and that is the goal. That's what we're doing here as well, Nathan, this morning. It's really to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to as many people as possible because it's exciting news and people need to know God's plan for their lives. So thank you so much for sharing that, Nathan. And of course, part of what we do here, Nathan, as we've been looking at the book of Revelation, is that we have been highlighting the work of God's mighty angels in the book of Revelation. And you've been taking us through this incredible journey highlighting the different trumpet judgments. We talked about the seal judgments. And then last week, you scared me half to death. A sixth trumpet in Revelation 9. Can you recap that for us, Nathan, before we move into chapter 10? Oh, boy. Well, like you said, it is some scary stuff. Revelation is talking primarily about the seven-year tribulation that's going to come on the earth where God, with 21 judgments, judges the earth for its sins and Forced people to make a decision for him or not and for Jesus to return and set up his kingdom. And that's how it ends. And this is ends on the positive note. Jesus returns, he sets up his kingdom for a thousand years, one great battle with Satan, and then we're into the eternal state, the new heaven and the new earth. But before that, the earth has to experience the worst time in all of human history, the tribulation. Right. And God uses his angels, his messengers, to deliver these judgments. Uh, he separates the judgments into seven what he calls sealed judgments seven trumpet judgments, and seven bowl judgments. And we just finished with Revelation 9, the fifth trumpet, which is a demonic locust released from the earth. I mean, actually, demons that are so terrible that God has kept them locked up, but he's going to release them, and they're going to uh, sting like scorpions people for five months, and they'll wish that they would die, but they can't die. And then you get to the sixth trumpet judgment, uh, four... Uh, an army of horsemen come out, and uh, they have 200 million of them, and they also bring plagues upon the earth, and they kill a third of the man of the people living on the planet at that time. So they're two of the most horrific judgments possible. So like you said, man, you were scared. A lot of people scared. <laughs> Obviously, the people living that time are going to be terrified, and that's why Jesus gives us Revelation 10. Amen. Thank you so much, Nathan. Of course, we were... Uh, just uh, highlighting some very some very important things that are actually going to happen in the time of the tribulation. And, of course, these demonic locusts, uh, we notice the primary goal is hitting those unbelievers, those people that have rejected God. But that's why there's always hope, right, Nathan? Because the people that have a relationship with God, God is not going to, again, condemn the righteous uh, with the wicked, right, Nathan? God is always righteous. Exactly, exactly. Promises to rapture the church, those kinds of Jesus Christ out before the tribulation comes. There will be many people out behind, and um, quite a number of people give their lives to Jesus Christ from every tongue, tribe, and nation. Uh, but they'll get saved afterwards, and because they missed the rapture, they will have to endure living through the tribulation. We know that the, the one world leader, the Antichrist, the Bible talks about, will kill many of them. There will be many martyrs. But uh, there will be many who will survive, too, to live on. Uh, into the millennial kingdom, and they're the ones who repopulate the earth and live on to the millennial kingdom. So, I would say it's a winnowing process. It's uh, right. where God is, is 
calling out the evil of the world and leaving the good, and, and it's a painful, terribly painful process, but it's a process that needs to be done. Absolutely, and we'll make it, and that's why there's always good news in the book of Revelation. It's, it's not always bad news, and that's why we highlight here some very important things. Of course, chapter 9, a little bit of scary situation, but then, Nathan, there seems to be almost like a, a pause there in between as we now we get into chapter 10, and then there's another incredible angel that appears on the scene, but this angel seems to be different uh, from other angels, and also their good Bible prophecy teachers uh, also differ here on the identity of this angel in Revelation chapter 10. Can you talk to us a little bit about this angel as you read for us there the beginning verses of Revelation chapter 10? Sure, let's start with uh, verses 1 through 4, if that's okay. Definitely. Uh, and I saw, this is uh, the Apostle John talking, I saw still another mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was on his head. His face was like the sun, and his feet like pillars of fire. He had a little book open in his hand, and he set his right foot on the sea, and his left foot on the land. And he cried with a loud voice, when a lion roars. When he cried out, seven thunders uttered their voices. Now when the seven thunders uttered their voices, I was right, but I couldn't say to me, so you love the things which the seven thunders have uttered, and do not write them. Mm. So Nathan, here we see this incredible uh, angel appear on the scene, different uh, from the others. Can you talk to us? All right, Nathan, and I hope you can still um, hear me here. I think uh, I might have uh, had a little bit of a connection uh, glitch. And uh, you still with us, Nathan? Or did I just have a little technical glitch here? I don't know if you can still hear me okay. Because it seems um, like my system had a little pause uh, here for, uh, for a minute. So I want to make sure that uh, we can still hear you. But you, of course, were reading to us there Revelation uh, chapter uh, 10, and of course he took us there in Revelation uh, chapter 10 as he referenced those opening uh, verses, and uh, of course I'll just reread those for some of those that are maybe watching or listening just in case maybe uh, we had a little bit of uh, technical issue there with the, uh, with the connection, but we'll definitely get uh, Nathan right back on here. But he was reading for us there, but he saw another mighty angel cloth with a cloud and a rainbow was on his head shone like the sun, and he had pillars, like pillars of fire, and it says he had a little book open in his hand, and it said his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land, and cried with a loud voice, as with a lion voice, when he cried seven thunders, also uttered uh, their voices. So again, a very important passage uh, for us to be able to look at here. And uh, we, we just find that it's uh, really incredible because verse 4 says, Now when the seventh thunder uttered their voices, I was up to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Seal up the things which you sing under thunders and do not write them. So again, we find very important passage uh, that we're discussing and we believe as we bring more light into this, that it will open up your hearts and minds into understanding. So, Nathan, I know we uh, might have lost you there for a minute. I hope I have you back online with us here. Yeah, I'm sorry to get the call dropped, but uh, I'm back in action. So thank you for reiterating uh, Revelation 10. Yeah, this angel is quite different when we read from the other angels, because there's 72 references to angels inside the book of Revelation, through the New King James Version. 
And then we come to this angel, and he's vastly different than all the other angels we read. Now, we know that angels, as we've been saying, are not, you know, guys with blonde, curly hair and <laughs> wings and stuff like that. They, they are all sorts of shapes and sizes, some like animals, some giant, some acts of nature. And then, but this one is totally different. Right. And he is described very differently than all the other ones. And Nathan, I, I really love that because one of the things that, that we need to recognize here is that uh, we definitely believe that this is talking about uh, uh, none other than, than Jesus Christ. And uh, of course, I know Dr. Reagan, uh, Chuck Smith, uh, uh, I know he, uh, he, he was definitely uh, a believer in this and the many books and commentaries that he has. But uh, uh, why do you think, Nathan, that, that the others disagree and they sort of seem to just want to categorize uh, this angel in the same category as others. Well, again, the reference is angel. We've seen in the beginning of Revelation that Jesus showed up as a lamb, a suffering lamb. And John recognized him to be Jesus Christ. He was given the title deed of the earth, the seven seals, and as he broke each of the seals, a judgment came upon the earth. And now we see Jesus totally different. And right. uh, he called it a strong angel or a mighty angel. And they're like, well, angel? What is Jesus as an angel? <laughs> and it's true, he's not. Uh, he's God in the flesh, he's part of the Trinity, uh, but when Jesus in the Old Testament, Jesus was called the angel of the Lord, that's his pre-incarnate right. self. So here he's shown as called a mighty angel, but it doesn't mean quite that he's an angel per se as a, a creation, but it's a term of endearment, in other words, a, a messenger of the Lord. Uh, he's God incarnate, he's God who's giving us uh, his message through his son, Jesus Christ. And we know this is Jesus Christ because look at the, how he's described. It says he's clothed with a cloud. He has a rainbow upon his head. His face shines like the sun. And his feet are, are glow like pillars of fire. And all we have to do is go back to Revelation chapter 1. And that's the description of Jesus Christ. That he's described that way. And so here we're, we're seeing just Jesus Christ show up again in the story. And thank goodness he's showing up in the story because... You know, like we've been reading, these, these judgments have been awful, and people are losing hope. It's terrible. And so Jesus steps into the story with John, and he gives him a flash forward to the end of the tribulation mm. to give hope to the reader. You know, Nathan, I love that, and you just mentioned it, to give hope to the reader. And this is why we want to encourage anyone watching or anyone listening that it's very important for them to maybe take some time and read through the whole book of Revelation. After all, Nathan, this is one of the only books that actually offers people a blessing, right? Yeah, uh, it does offer a blessing for those who read it, and uh, I think that's extremely important. So here, and two, it gives us a view of Jesus that we've never seen before. You yes. know, if you think about the human Jesus, uh, meek and mild, willing to turn the other cheek, to, to allow himself to be crucified and, and die for us, the lamb, the suffering lamb. But in Revelation, uh, although we're shown the lamb in the beginning, we start to see who Jesus really is. Mm. Now, he's a powerful angel. He's clothed with a cloud. In other words, the Shekinah glory of God is wrapped around. His glory shines from him like a rainbow. Uh, he's a symbol of faithfulness with a crown upon his head. His face shines like the sun because uh, God is spirit. Mm. And uh, so we get the, the description of Jesus as who he really is. Mighty, powerful, incredible. Matter of fact, he's so big that he has one foot uh, in the, let's see, which so I don't get them mixed up here. Right. Right? He's, got, he's got one in the sea and one in the, on the land. Uh, excuse me, his uh, right foot is on the sea and his left foot is on the land, which symbolizes that he has dominion over the entire earth, both land and sea. This is the Jesus that we will get to know throughout history, the powerful, conquering king. 
And it challenges us yes. to rethink our view of Jesus Christ, not as some meek sufferer like he came first, but the king who he will be coming as and who we will know forever. Well, Nathan, very well put. And this is why we also have a small picture image there of this angelic being with the rainbow. We're just trying to put a picture format to the wording of what we're saying here. But the idea is some people say, well, man, is that like a giant picture of Jesus stepping on the ocean? <laughs> <laughs> and not necessarily talking about his power, right, Nathan? Because Jesus says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Matthew chapter 28 at the ending there, meaning he's always going to be with us. Exactly. And, and he's also, again, we were shown that Lamb was given the title to the earth, the Biblion. And here Jesus has, has got a scroll. Now, some wonder, is this the same title deed to the earth where the seals were broken? Uh, but uh, it uses a different word in the Greek. It's Lublaridion, which is, could refer that to a different scroll. Because, uh, as we'll read later, uh, he gives us John E, which is a very strange thing to do, and you wouldn't see John eating the title deed to the earth. So it's in question, but this mighty angel is holding this scroll and it's likely not the scroll that we read about in uh, yes. Revelation 6. It, it's debatable. It, it's debatable amongst a lot of theologians. And thank you that's for, the imagery given us. Yeah, thank you for clarifying that uh, to us, Nathan, because this is why we hope that some of us maybe not very familiar with Bible prophecy or, or hasn't really understood the book of Revelation, but by taking it, it uh, slowly and taking them through these points and highlighting certain differences, uh, hopefully it will paint a better picture for people so they don't get confused. Right, right. And, and like you said, there is a little debate about who this angel is, because if we continue on in, in verse 5, it says, The angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised up his hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are in it, and earth and the things that are in it, and the sea and the things that are in it, there, there should be delayed no longer. But in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, in other words, the seventh trumpet, the mystery of God will be finished as he declares to his servant the prophet. Yes. So here he is swearing to him who lives forever, not to God. So like, well, how could this be angel be Jesus because he's swearing to the Father? You know, how, how could that be? That makes him an angel. But we know that uh, in Hebrews 6.13 we're told that God made a promise to Abraham and that since there was no one higher than himself, God swore by himself that God could swear to no one greater. We read again in Jeremiah 22.5, God says to the prophet, I swear by myself. So uh, I don't think that's not for this being Jesus, that he's swearing by himself, because there's nobody greater than him. Excellent point, Nathan. And of course, yeah, when, when, when you are all in all, who are you going to swear by, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There, there's nothing greater. And I would say we shouldn't be swearing at all. That's right. <laughs> that, we shouldn't be swearing in God's name, even if it's a, an oath. But uh, God doesn't have a problem with swearing by his own name because, like you said, man, there's, there's nothing greater than the name of God. And Nathan, I think the problem is that today when people swear, the things that come out of their mouth is never good. So we sort of think of swearing in a bad sense, but that's not the case here. Exactly. Uh, it's a difference between swearing as a curse versus swearing that's an oath. And uh, here God is creating an oath and he's sealing it with his own name because there's nothing more powerful than his own name. Mm. Awesome, awesome. And, and of course, Nathan, again, we see also the beautiful, you know, also what comes to mind, Nathan, it says he was clothed with a cloud and a rainbow uh, on his head. Sometimes I think of God's promises. You know how his promises are always true. Uh, that was the case with Noah during the flood. We saw the beautiful rainbow stating that God said, I will never flood the earth again. And, and it's just a security there, right, Nathan? That's a beautifully uh, 
beautiful picture you paint there, man, because, yeah, uh, you go back to Ezekiel and he tries to explain what God looks like as well. He got Mike John as a glimpse into the throne room of God, and although God was obscured because no man could look at God, uh, he tried his best, and, and the light emanating from God looks uh, as a rainbow. Yeah. The clouds around him was his Shekinah glory. And just all the majesty of God has been there. And you're right, it's an eternal reminder of the rainbow that was given to Noah, which meant God would be at peace with man. So I think Revelation, particularly, and uh, many theologians agree, is meant to give us hope. Yes. It's a parenthetical, it's a stop in the storyline, they're like, wait a minute, I'm going to show you the future when he talks about there shall be no delay, and he talks about the end. Again, if this is a fast-forward to the end of the Revelation, then it, it makes sense timing-wise. Uh, God's wrath clearly isn't done at, at this, the midpoint of the tribulation. It's still three and a half more years of tribulation. So this is a flash-forward to the end of the tribulation to give us hope for the future. Absolutely. You know, Nathan, I love that. Talking about flash-forward, flashbacks, uh, you know, Dr. Reagan also did a great job there in uh, his teachings through the book of Revelation. As he talks about that, that's what the problem certain people don't understand, that in the Bible of Revelation, you have those flash-forwards, and that's why you're able to see things ahead, as he was revealing it to John. And sometimes it might not seem like in sequence, but it's your, if you're watching a movie sometimes, Nathan, they do the same things, right? When someone has a flash-forward, they have a different type of dream or vision, and it's sort of like what we're seeing in the book of Revelation. Exactly, yeah. You know, we can expect it in movies, but for some reason, people have a hard time expecting it in the book of Revelation. <laughs> but uh, I would say that Revelation is chronological, for the most part, from beginning to end. But occasionally, it gets so horrible, so terrifying, right. that God steps in, like he does in Revelation 10, and says, hey, hey, let me tell you, it's going to end okay. It's going to end well. Look at my power. Nothing can beat me, in other words. And, and then he even has a message for John, but he doesn't let John share it. So... I've always been curious, that's one of the big mysteries that, that I want to answer when we get to heaven, I hope, is that what did those seven angels say? What was so terrible that Jesus wouldn't let John share it with the world? You know, maybe it would give too much information about the future, and God didn't want that information out. Kind of like with Daniel. Remember the angel told Daniel right. uh, when he gave him prophecy, they seal it up, Daniel, you're not going to understand it. And uh, the same thing here with John. Whatever God told John through those angels, it wasn't what God wanted us to know. It's like, ah! I wish they just left it out of the Bible altogether so we wouldn't be wondering right now. <laughs> Don't you hate it when that happens? <laughs> yes, I do. It's like it's like a cliffhanger. <laughs> and you know, maybe Nathan, they put that there so it could make us read ahead, right? So we could, we could make us read the following chapters. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. Because you're right, man. A lot of people don't make it through the book of Revelation. They find it too confusing, too much symbolism, too hard. It's, and they'll give up. Oh, this is too depressing. But God doesn't want us to give up. He's, he's given us hope, too, as much as he is to John and those people who are in the tribulation that, hey, it's going to turn out all right in the end. You just have to bear with me. Absolutely. I love that. And Nathan, of course, I know we don't have a lot of time to the first uh, segment of this program, but if you take us a little further, we see that there are encouraging things here. There are certain things that God wants them to sort of remain a mystery. But then there's a lot here that it is revealed to encourage the listener, and the viewer, and to give them hope. Yeah, again, God doesn't want us to be despairing. Uh, you know, we're not all supposed to be, oh my goodness, start jumping out windows. We're supposed to be looking <laughs> at it and saying, God is all-powerful, he's got it under control, where the world seems like it's spinning out of control. And brother, especially here in Texas, you know, we've had a, a terrorist attack down in Garland, which is not too far from the ministry here. 
And, uh, you know, it's, it's constantly reminded that the world looks like it's spinning out of control, but it's not. Right. God is in control. He is the ultimate authority, and everything is working towards an end game, and that end game is the return of Jesus Christ. Ooh, hallelujah. I love that. Thank you so much, Nathan. And, of course, maybe there's someone out there who's watching the program or listening to the program. Maybe you are uh, connected via Twitch casting. Uh, there is hope for you, and it starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, of course, maybe you are a little bit worried or you are a little bit scared uh, regarding the things that we have been reading here, but there is that hope, and that hope is found in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and of course, Nathan, I know we only have about two minutes left for the program, but would you be able to share that word of encouragement to someone that's out there that maybe doesn't have a relationship with the Lord, how they can start that relationship today and not have to be fearful? John 3.60, the most famous verse in the Bible, is for God to love the world, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Mm. And that promise can be yours as well. If you accept it in faith, you pray in your heart, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Savior. Jesus promises to do that. He will forgive you of your rebellion against him. will remove the guilt of your sins. will give you a new life and a new future and hope with him. Amen. Thank you so much, Nathan. Of course, and if you pray to receive the Lord, if you trust the Christ in your heart, you can always get a hold of us at 305-992-9537. We would love to continue to pray with you. You can also reach us at 321-END-TIME or 321-363-8463. We would love to give you more resources so you can grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And Nathan, wow, what a wonderful way to um, put a close on the first segment of our program. I know we had a little bit of a technical glitch there. In the start of the program, hopefully our viewers and our listeners did not uh, lose much. But thank you, Nathan, for all this wonderful information regarding this mighty angel in Revelation chapter 10 and for clarifying to us again uh, the difference between him and the other angels. So thank you so much, Nathan. Oh, I appreciate you having me on. Thanks for letting me clarify. No problem. And of course, for those of you watching and listening, we hope that you can stay tuned to the second segment of our program. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we've been talking about the mighty angels in the book of revelation so we thank you for tuning in may the lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you we'll be right back after the break to the Truth Will Set Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. I am Big Batista along with Nathan Jones and we are transmitting live from 102.3 FM, truthfm.tv in Hollandale, Florida. We thank you for tuning in for today's program as we're going to talk about God's mighty angel in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 10, answering the question, who is that mighty angel? Before we continue, I'm going to welcome my good friend Nathan Jones. Nathan, thank you for being part of the second segment of our program. Well, thank you for having me on, uh, Pastor Vic. This is a great blessing, and uh, here we're in English. Yes, we are in English. And well, Nathan, you know, we, we are very flexible. As someone once said, blessed are the flexible, <laughs> for they shall not be broken, right? 
Yeah, I was all getting ready to use all five words of my Spanish, but uh, <laughs> English sounds good. Okay. I figure I figure I'll let you save it for the next program. Okay. For next okay. week. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nathan, it's always a pleasure to have you. I thank you for being part of the second segment of our program. And uh, of course, Nathan, uh, we're, we're very excited as we're continuing in this important subject matter of God's mighty angels. But maybe someone did not tune in to our previous program. Would you be able to just share briefly your contact information, Nathan? Just in case someone uh, maybe wants to get a hold of you and learn more about your ministry. Well, folks can learn about uh, our ministry. Where I'm a web minister and one of the evangelists on staff for Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Our goal is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ to everybody as off quickly as we can and, uh, in, before the Lord returns. And we believe he's coming very soon. Folks can check us out on our website, lamblion.com. We have a wealth of information to teach you about God's prophetic word. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nathan. And we would encourage every one of you to uh, uh, make sure that you check out their website and also all the wonderful areas where you can catch their programs as they are extending their reach and their network. So thank you so much for that, Nathan. Well, Nathan, in our, in our first program, I mean, it was very exciting. Although we had a few technical glitches, I know we were a little bummed out, but that's always how it is with technology. But we were talking about this incredible passage in Revelation chapter 10. You were opening these scriptures up to us because it's a little bit of de a debate in Revelation chapter 10 regarding this mighty angel. Would you be able, once again, Nathan, to maybe recap briefly what we talked about in our first segment regarding this mighty angel and, and also his identity and why we believe in he is who he is. So this way, hopefully, uh, we make sure that uh, whoever is not familiar uh, with uh, the, the, the passage there would have uh, a better understanding and also um, make sure that uh, they they get a good uh, understanding uh, of this passage, and hopefully they'll they'll uh, be able to um, again uh, not um, be so confused because we really uh, do believe that uh, people can't understand Bible prophecy, they can't understand uh, the scriptures, and uh, there's nothing hidden uh, in a sense uh, that they cannot understand, and that's why. As we open up uh, the, these passages, is with the hopes that uh, individuals um, will grow in their knowledge uh, of the things uh, of the Lord. So, again, we're very uh, excited to be able to talk about this. But I'm going to actually go ahead, Nathan, and, uh, and read Revelation uh, chapter 10. So, whoever maybe uh, it didn't get a chance to uh, follow along with us, would not be able to miss out. But we read, I saw still another mighty angel coming up from heaven, cloaked with a cloud and a rainbow was on his head. His face was like the sun and his feet like pillars of fire. And he had a little book on his hand and he set his right foot on the sea and the left foot on the land. And he cried, here it says, and he Excuse me, verse 10. He cried with a loud voice as when a lion roars, when he cries with the seven thunders utter uh, their voices. And then it goes on to say there, verse 4, Now when the seven thunders utter a voice, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Seal up the things which you have seen the seven thunders utter, and do not write them. And the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised his hand to heaven and swore by him for this forever and ever the heavens and all the things that are in it and on the earth 
and the things which are in it, and the seed and the things that are in it, and that there should be a uh, delay uh, no longer. And then we also notice um, after he makes, uh, he says, but in the days of the sounding of the seven angels, when he is about to sound, the mystery of God will be finished as he declared to his servants and the prophets. Then the voice which I heard from heaven spoke to me again and said, go, take the little book which is open in the hands of the angels who stand in the sea and on the earth. So I went to the angel and said to him, give me the little book. And he said to me, take it and eat it, and it will make your stomach bitter, but it will be as sweet as honey on your mouth. Verse 10 goes on to say, then I, then, then I took the little book, and notice again, there, I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it. And, there, and it was sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I had eaten it, my stomach became bitter. And he said to me, you must prophesy again to many people, nations, tongues, and kings. So we notice uh, here as we were looking at this incredible passage there uh, in the book of Revelation, of course that... We, we already noted, as uh, Nathan Jones was sharing uh, with us regarding this mighty angel there, that, is, that that's none other than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because if one was to simply turn back to uh, Revelation chapter 1, you will be able to see there that clear description of who this is talking about. And of course, we see the description uh, there of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in a way that people had never seen him before in his glorified uh, state. And of course, anyone that reads Revelation chapter 1 will also see clearly uh, there that that's none other than Jesus. And of course, even John, when he saw him, it said that he felt uh, as dead because of the awesomeness uh, that was there. Uh, with the Lord. So we find, of course, that that is the same awesomeness that we see in this angel uh, there in, in the book of Revelation, uh, chapter 10. And this is why our hope is that uh, individuals will come to recognize that this is no ordinary angel. As a matter of fact, uh, the, the clear uh, this description there is that this is indeed uh, talking about uh, Jesus Christ. And this is why we hope that um, people will get a clear understanding uh, of that there in that chapter, as Nathan was sharing with us. So, so Nathan, I, I know I lost you there for a little bit. I'm hoping that maybe I can catch you on the other line. Did we get you back on? No problem, Nathan. And uh, the, I, the, the thing was that I basically um, was sharing with those that were tuned in, that were listening or that are watching, of course. I was reading uh, primarily just going over what you had uh, shared regarding this mighty angel and also uh, his description as uh, you share with us that anybody that reads Revelation chapter 1, I can clearly see uh, that this is talking about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, right? The great thing about uh, being on Keyway here and uh, Keyway.tv, I can watch the part that Okay. I'm with you. I know where you're at. Yes, yes. We can go back that I'm from verse 12, and I turned to the voice that spoke to me in John. And having turned us all 
Exactly. And that's why, Nathan, we hope the people that are listening or watching, they can see that there's a lot of angels in the book of Revelation, messengers carrying out the work of the Lord, revealing things and showing things, things that are to come. And uh, here we find us, even as we get into chapter 11, like you read for us, there's those opening verses, we see other scenes begin to unfold. And like you mentioned, of course, some of these are going to happen three and a half years into the tribulation. So can you talk to us a little bit about there, Nathan, uh, chapter 11 and those opening verses? Once we get past chapter 10 and the mighty angels, we get into chapter 11. And it's talking about, or it's will talk about, God's evangelistic efforts during the tribulation. So despite the horrors that are going on, God wants people to come to know Jesus Christ as Savior. And one of those ideas is for two guys he calls the two witnesses. And we read in chapter 11 that I was giving a read like a measuring rod. And the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God, the altar, and this worship there. Believe not the court, which is inside, outside the temple. And do not measure for the gifts of the Gentiles. And they will tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months, three and a half years. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 1, days. So that's what we get three and a half years. Yeah. These are the olive tree and the two lampstands standing for God or the records of Zechariah. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouths and devours their enemies, and everyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. These have power to shut heaven so that no rains fall in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn over blood and destroy the earth and all plagues as often as they desire. Woo! So here, yeah, I know. Wow. Right? Man. So here, Satan isn't the only one doing supernatural stuff during the tribulation. God sent him to the first time of the tribulation and two women, two men. Uh, we're not sure who they are. Some of them imagine it's Moses and Elijah or Enoch, Enoch and Elijah or Moses and Enoch. And maybe <laughs> uh, if it's the Zechariah reference, the Feast of Ruth Bell and the right. priest Joshua. Or it could be just two men that have been, you know, who got saved after the rapture, that's what I think is. And God uses these two men. He gives them supernatural powers, and they prophesy from Jerusalem, and they share God's message to the world. Nathan, and that's why I love also another thing that you mentioned. We really, you know, where the Bible is silent, we, we also want to remain silent. We do know that there's going to be these two incredible witnesses that are coming on the scene. But we really, we can only speculate at times. We can't really, some people are so gun ho Well, it's got to be Moses and Elijah because of the miracle. But it really doesn't say, right? It doesn't. It, well, by calling them two lampstands, uh, that is definitely a reference to Zechariah. Uh, God talks about two, two witnesses, two representatives, right. and he's going to give these men power. Now, I don't think it's, it's anybody who's dead, because as we'll read in the rest of Revelation 11, these men are being killed. The Antichrist himself will come halfway through the tribulation, will desecrate the temple, and likely he'll do it after he's walked through the two witnesses and killed them. And so these men will die. They'll lie in the streets for three and a half days. The, the world will celebrate and laugh and say, yay, we're so glad these guys are dead because they share God's message and we don't want to hear them. Right. And then, amazingly enough, God resurrects them. They, they get up and they're taken to heaven and the whole world sees it. And that is uh, a reference to them. It's a beginning point to the rest of the tribulation, a third woe. Woo, I love that, Nathan. And that's exactly, we see again, this, this incredible scene unfolding, these angels uh, revealing things, uh, even in, in the future. And then we get, like you said, Nathan, there now to the, uh, another incredible scene 
uh, where this other angel now continues to blow this trumpet. And yeah, take us through that, Nathan. Well, we're getting to the 14th of the 21 judgment. Again, God uses yet another angel. This time, as this trumpet angel, the seventh one, I'm looking at verse 15, it says, There were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who sat before God on their thrones fell on their faces and worshipped God. Mm. And attended, uh, that's what they, they worshipped him. And then in verse 19, Then the temple of God was opened in heaven. The ark of his covenant was seen in the temple. There was lightning, noises, thunder, and an earthquake and great hail. So some people say, well, the seventh trumpet launches the seven bold judgments that are following. But we know that in the seventh trumpet judgment, there's also judgments built into it. Yes. Lightning, noises, thunders, earthquake, and a great hail upon the land. So natural disasters. In other words, God doesn't lose nature one more time just after these two witnesses are resurrected. It shows that God, uh, the judgments are starting to roll out again. And God uses his angels to announce. Wow. And Nathan, of course, you and I talked a little bit. Even last week, I mentioned to you that we were having some uh, a small hailstorm uh, here in Florida because of the change of weather. And I mean, these were little pebbles. And uh, we were freaking out. But the hail that we're talking about in Revelation, it's not little pebbles, right, Nathan? No, it, it actually gets bigger and bigger. So, wow, we get to the old judgment. We're talking about 100-pound hailstones. They're not to flatten cars when they land on them. So you can imagine if anyone gets caught out in a hailstorm like that. But God gives the hail, he's the nature to, to get people's attention, to, to not only to judge them, but also to, to bring them to repentance. So, you know, we've seen this terrible earthquake in Nepal, and how many Christian groups wow. are now there sharing the gospel to a, a country that's been pretty resistant to the gospel. Now, we have missionaries all over the place there bringing food and supplies, the gospel is being shared. So, sometimes God has to break down those walls to get his word. And Nathan, and, and, and that's why we believe that we're seeing signs of the times even here as we're talking because also God wants to get some of our attention and I believe that it's the same condition, right, Nathan? Sometimes sad to say these horrific things have to happen for people to sort of wake up, right? When you read the book of Joel, uh, he was a minor prophet and uh, a terrible book of vision came and ate everything. The people were weeping and wailing and wondering why. And Joel reveals that it was God who was Disaster because the people grow spiritually apathetic, they, they didn't really pay attention to God. And God had to send them a disaster to shake them up in their spiritual stupor and bring them back to, to knowing God again. And God has to do that in our lives, right? And sometimes God has to shake us up. Maybe it's a, a loss or a death or a tragedy, yeah. but, but God allows suffering to happen in our lives because we grow apathetic in our relationship with Him. And sometimes, I'd say most of the time, actually, tragedy brings us closer to Him. Yes, Nathan. And of course, God has always used supernatural disasters and he's used different plagues. And of course, those examples, remember Pharaoh, he didn't want to let God's people go. And we saw the plagues uh, come there as well. And God was, uh, you know, he's trying to talk to um, individuals. He wants to let them know how much he loves them. And, uh, and people are still just wanting to continue to go their way. But God is so loving and God is so good that sometimes he'll, he'll cause these events Sort of like to shake people up and say, listen, I love you, but you got to pay attention. Right, Nathan? Exactly. God feels that our relationship with him is the most important thing. He's willing to do anything to get our attention and turn our relationship to a right relationship with him. Then that means we have to go through a little pain. He's 
willing to do. Yeah. We should be willing to respond in time by putting our faith and trust in Jesus and drawing close to him, not backing from him. Absolutely. You know, Nathan, I don't know if you ever had a really bad, obsessed uh, tooth where they had to pull it out. You know, I don't think the loving thing to do would be if, if you go to the dentist and he says, no, don't worry about it. I'm just going to leave that there, you know? <laughs> no, eventually the pain goes away. And then God comforts us and gives us hope. And that's what he did with Revelation 7 11. He gives us comfort and hope that terrible times ahead will come to an end. That's right. And the people living through the tribulation, they need to hear that comfort as well. Absolutely. Excellent, Nathan. I know we only have about a minute left of the program, but we pray that those of you that are tuned in, watching us or listening to this program, that you have been encouraged. And of course, if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, again, we never want to close a program without giving an invitation because we, we know that you're watching, we know that you're listening, and we know that maybe there might be some of you out there who are still struggling. You still have not opened up your heart to Jesus for whatever reason. Maybe you're thinking that there's still more time, but today is the day of salvation and we want to reach out to you right now and give you an opportunity uh, to receive Christ. So uh, Nathan Jones, I know that one of your uh, greatest passion is that of evangelists. You're a web evangelist and you reach out to millions and billions of people uh, over the internet with the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and your heart is to see people come to Christ while there is still time. So Nathan, will you maybe share an evangelistic uh, um, um, opportunity for someone out there, how they can come to know to the Lord? to hear from you. You can always get a hold of us at 305-992-9537 or 321-END-TIME, 321-363-8463. We'd love to give you more information regarding this relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we also want to encourage you, continue to read through God's Word. There's a blessing there in the book of Revelation. And well, Nathan, believe it or not, we've come to the end of our second segment of our program. Man, thank you so much for opening up our eyes to Revelation chapter 10, Revelation chapter 11, and for clarifying for us who that mighty angel was. Happy to do it. What a great blessing. Thanks for having me on, brother. Thank you, Nathan, and thank you all for tuning in. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we've been talking about the mighty angels in the book of Revelation. And we pray that you would keep us in prayer. And if you're in need of prayer, get a hold of us. We'd love to also pray for you. But thank you for tuning in to our program. And the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Have a great day.